What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson. Officially, I am your leadership visibility coach and trainer, teaching you how to communicate and market yourself with confidence so you can get hired and recognized as a leader. Now, unofficially, I am your personal hype woman helping you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. You know, I'm always curious about when people lost their ability to use their voice. When did you lose your ability to communicate what your needs are? When did you lose your ability to share your work and the amazing contributions you've made to your workplace, your community, or even the world? And interestingly enough, through coaching and training, I found many amazingly talented people, it's particularly women, stopped using their voice because of a setback or a traumatic situation such as workplace bullying. When you're bullied in the workplace, it could throw you off your game. That's a setback. And the crazy thing is, I didn't even realize this whole workplace bullying thing was a thing. <laughs> and I came across this survey by the Workplace Bullying Institute, and it reported that 30% of Americans are bullied at work. And now, since most of us are working in virtual environments, bullying happens most in virtual meetings. 43% is the bullying rate for those people doing virtual or remote work. Now, this should come as no surprise. Men are the majority of bullies, but ladies, listen, women bully women at twice the rate they bully men. And employers tend to encourage, defend, discount, or deny bullying. So unfortunately, there are a series of moments in the workplace that totally influenced your decision to stop speaking up and advocating for yourself because you are mistreated by people in the workplace. That's workplace bullying. And sometimes that's verbal, nonverbal, <laughs> such as saying things to humiliate you or giving you overly harsh criticism. And it's not only a blow to your self-esteem and how you see yourself and your potential, but it can also cause physical harm. Emotional harm can cause physical harm as well. So sometimes you have to go back to where you lost your voice so you can find your voice. Sometimes you have to use your voice before you can confidently find your voice. So today we are talking with Zanika Chapman. She's a life and executive coach. We're going to talk about how to find your voice during that workplace bullying incident. We're also going to talk about tips for rebuilding your confidence afterwards. We're going to delve into how do you tap into your internal barometer so you can trust yourself to make an alternative decision or a better decision. And lastly, we're going to talk about holding these leaders accountable as well. But please don't get it twisted. While you may be able to survive in a toxic work environment, you cannot thrive in a toxic work environment. So sometimes accountability means speaking up for yourself, moving on to another job without closure, and leaving the person or the organization to dwell in its own mess. Okay, y'all listen to this episode and let me know what you think, because I'm giving y'all too much of the tea before the episode even starts. Today, we got a special guest in these virtual streets. Hello, Miss Zanika Chapman. 
Hello, Candia. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So what's bringing you joy these days? Yeah, so what's bringing me joy these days? I actually have two things. So I feel like I have found my entrepreneurial tribe. I have found my people that I'm going to flock with. And I am just getting so much joy from having their support and encouragement on a regular basis, but also being able to support them and see them win and, and cheer them up and lift them up when they need that. The other thing that is bringing me joy, I have a 16-year-old niece. I don't have children of my own, but she is very into K pop and I get so much joy from talking to her about it and just seeing her be so proud and enjoy what she likes and like what she likes and she doesn't care you know what anybody else has to say about it she's this is me at 16 so that is another piece that's just bringing me so much joy right now in my life Oh, I love it when you can just I always say simplify to amplify. Just keep it really right. simple, right? When you're trying to find your gratitude, your moment, something positive, or even just the reality of the situation to focus in on. Now, yeah. of course, I had to do a little digging, right? A little digging on your background. And so I understand that you are a personal and executive coach. You help women find their voice and redefine themselves and design a life of their dreams. But at the height of your career, you were left emotionally drained, overwhelmed by a pair of workplace bullies. And it seemingly threw you off your game for a second. And yeah. so I want to talk to you because now you help other people rediscover their inner strength and confidence after encountering a workplace bully. First of all, I didn't even know there was a, such a thing as a workplace bully. Because typically you say yeah. bullying is something that kids experience. But a few years ago, I interviewed an HR expert and she talked about workplace bullying. And when she broke it down for me, I realized, oh, wait a minute. I think I was bullied a little bit <laughs> in the workplace and I thought it was me. So tell us about the moment when you experienced workplace bullying and how did you realize it was bullying versus feedback? Yeah, so great question. And most people don't know <laughs> that they either have been bullied or sometimes bullies don't know that they're exhibiting bullying behavior at work. So I actually have talked to a lot of people who said, oh, you know, I think I actually exhibited some of that and I need to check myself. So to answer your question, I will say I didn't realize that I was bullied until I was on the other side of it. I knew when I was in it that the treatment that I was experiencing was not normal in the office criticism. None of it was said. It didn't feel like it was being said to better me. There weren't any specific examples. So I will just say to you that I was told verbatim, you are the weakest person on my team. And there were no, there was no actual examples to support that. I was given work. And then after the work was completed, then I was given the criteria for the assignment. So those are all things that are components of workplace bullying. When I would speak up in meetings, literally leaders in the room would turn their back to not acknowledge what I had just said, or there would be no acknowledgement of what I had said in meetings. And during that time, I just endured because we are taught to, to just endure, especially when you're in a position like what I was in. I was one of very few Black people in that position. The role that I was in was very prominent. So my face and my likeness was really out there on behalf of the company. And so 
I thought this is probably just what I have to endure in order to be in a position like this. And so it wasn't until I really had reached my breaking point and it wasn't until other people, other colleagues in my area started tapping me on the shoulder saying, hey, are you okay? <laughs> like, like, dog, you just gonna let her talk to you like that? <laughs> that I realized this behavior is, is not normal and it's not something that I have to accept because other people are seeing this now. And so it wasn't until I was on the other side of it and having a conversation just like you are, you and I are today with another friend. And I just jokingly said, you know what, I, I, I feel like you bullied me. And then I actually had a moment and I feel like that was God kind of tapping me on the shoulder and saying, yeah, they did. Where I started to research the experience that I was having and I realized that, yeah, this is an actual thing that happens to people. It happened to you. And I started to see that it was happening to way too many of my sisters in the corporate world. Right. Now, based on our conversations, I know that there was a, a few people who said, listen, this is all in your head. <laughs> Maybe mm -hmm. you're overreacting. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious about, because I know even for me and early on in my career, when you have these people uh, who are in seemingly positions of power. And I do think that part of it is we're taught, right, to respect these positions of power. Mm -hmm. And you think that they have your best interests at heart. And so what would you do differently in that moment to figure out, is this them really having my best interests at heart? Or is it possibly all in my head? Is there some yeah. advice or tips that you would share? Yeah, so I would, you know, I'll share this one thing first and then I'll get to the practical tips and advice. I think when I was going through, I, I just want to remind people that the first part of that phase was I internalized all of it. You know, when she said that to me, I had put this opportunity on such a pedestal. And to your point, I had put these people on such a pedestal that I said, oh my, like, like wait, I suck? Well, let me go about the business of not sucking. Like, what do I need to do to get better? And I did in those moments try to ask for what are the specific areas that I need to improve? And I actually put myself on an improvement plan. And it wasn't until I noticed that not even that was going to be enough that I started to think, well, something else is at play here. But one of the things that I have come to learn from that is the reality that not all leaders know how to be leaders. I just took for granted that if you had a leadership position, somebody somewhere had given you the crown and, and deemed you a great leader. <laughs> and I had to learn not all leaders are good leaders. Not all leaders are there because of their competence. Not all leaders actually have a passion for people the way that I do. And speaking of what you just said, not all leaders having a passion for people, it's so very true because in going out and doing a lot of workshops and talks, a lot of the times leaders are placed in this position because of a certain skill or maybe even a certain attitude. Mm -hmm. And for me, leadership is all about your ability to serve. It's about right. being in a position to serve people people who come from a variety of different backgrounds, they have different needs and all those sorts of things. And a lot of the times when it comes to helping leaders even lead more effectively in the workplace, it's an afterthought. After they done traumatized, bullied a bunch of people, <laughs> did all those sorts of things. 
you know, it's kind of an afterthought for someone to say, maybe they need leadership coaching or leadership development training. Now, one of the things that I love that you just said is just unlearning the fact that everyone who's in this position to lead is not necessarily a leader. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so are there any other things that you had to unlearn to get yourself worth back in tech? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I had to, one thing that I personally, Zanika Chapman had to unlearn is that no one else is worthy of taking my power away. I had to learn for myself that, you know what, I had given them a lot of my power. And in the first few instances of what was happening, I internalized all of it, that it, it has to be me. I have to be the problem. I'm going to be better. And I had to learn that one, you, you can trust your inner barometer of what is positive criticism. And I actually asked myself in those moments of what did positive criticism feel like to me when I got it from other people that I knew and trusted had my best interest at heart. And I checked my feeling against that. And that was the first indicator that this is not that. But I had to learn that no job, no title, no amount of money is worth me walking into a building, walking into a place and giving them the power and the authority to make me feel less than. Right. I love that. Because you know, one of my struggles in my early career is you do internalize it and then you set out on a mission to fix yourself and you look to outside things, whether it's classes, courses, and coaches, and all these sorts of things. Sometimes, you know, we get a makeover, all those sorts of things to fix ourselves, right? Uh And I love that you said that inner barometer, because I think that that's incredibly important. A lot of the times we are taught to, you know, use things outside of ourselves to improve. And a lot of it, it says this one quote, he says, once you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so very true that you have to learn to look within uh, because during times like this, and I I think back on my times in a workplace or when you're on the other end of bullying, it strips away your self-worth. Absolutely. It just, it totally nicks at your soul, right? And it, Absolutely. It, I believe for women too, that it not only applies to how you move and navigate and advance in the working world, it also uh, trickles down into your friendships, your intimate relationships as well. And so constructive feedback is, is excellent, right? I always say mm-hmm. feedback is fuel for your next level. But you also have to learn how to use discernment when someone is just being an unnecessary like bully versus constructive criticism. What questions could you add during kind of that meeting when someone is low key, maybe bullying or giving constructive criticism, put yourself Mm -hmm. back in that place. What questions would you ask (laughs) that person? Well, it it took me a long time to to get to this place, but, um, and I didn't always ask the right questions, but I think one of the things that is very important because when you're getting feedback and you talked about this is, you know, it's very easy to bring your emotions into it. You know, like I told you guys, my first thought was, oh my God, I suck. 
And just think about what that thought running through your head, how that would make you feel in that moment. And so I think one of the things that I learned to do was to ask for very specific feedback. Even when I went home and cried in my pillow, but came back to work with my own personal improvement plan and presented it and got met with a, "Eh, okay, I mean, I don't really feel like you need all these things. I could have followed up and said, but what do you mean? So if it's not these things, what do you think? that I need to do in order to improve because I want to be a valid member of this team. So if it's not this, then what is it that I need and how can we do it together? Because, you know, as employees, it is our responsibility too to hold our leaders accountable. If they're telling you that, Hey, you're not pulling your weight, then it is absolutely their responsibility as a leader to want to help you improve. And we have the right to hold them accountable to that as well. Yep. And one of the things that I always say is, you know, a lack of clarity and specificity scares the opportunity as well as the money away. So if someone is giving you feedback, such as you're not pulling your weight, give me in a specific example, a date and time of when Mm -hmm. I did not pull my weight. And what does success look like for you? That's another question that I learned to ask particularly during my consulting days, because my projects would change frequently and my managers would change and everyone has, you know, a different style or preference or expectation of what success looks like. And so a lot of the times it was me sitting down and trying to get a very clear understanding of what does success look like (laughs) for you? Because someone may say, send me this report as soon as you can. Well, as soon as I can may look different (laughs) than what it appears to be for you. And so, like you said, make leaders accountable. You have to be very specific and clear and speak up and advocate for yourself about what success looks like. Absolutely. And I think when you ask those questions and when you are specific, especially if you're in an environment where it's already a little, the waters are already murky. And I knew, and we all know from corporate, have your own paper trail, have your own evidence of, I did my due diligence of trying to get as specific clarity, detailed examples of what the expectations were as possible, but it's also very empowering. Like it was empowering for me to say, no, I sent you all these questions. That one was not answered. That one was not answered. Oh, you know, you checking my emails. Here's all the emails that have not been responded to, to know that if this thing goes south, because we're talking about work, I had all the documentation that I needed as well to show that I had been doing my due diligence and really doing the work of trying to improve. I absolutely love that because often when we think about, you know, you have to cover yourself and have a paper trail, you think about it in the context of, so I can be ready in case someone decides to challenge me, but that could be a confidence booster for yourself to look and say to yourself, you know what? maybe my time is up here or maybe my time is up with this client because for the last three months or the last 90 days or 60 days, I've been tracking what I was told to do and I've met all the deadlines. And now this person is possibly just being a bully. Yes. And it is 100% a confident booster too, because it gets you out of your head and out of your heart. It just gives you the facts, right? right? Like these are all the facts. So when they start saying to you, well, I asked you for that and you said, okay, now am I crazy or did I miss something? No, I didn't. 
the facts show that that was not in the, you know, in the request or whatever. So yeah, it's 100% a confidence booster in that way too, that it just, it, it helps you have a clear, actual written record of the facts. Mm-hmm. And you know, I say this often, success at anything, right? Personal mm-hmm. or professional comes down to learning how to have a better conversation with yourself. And yes. so when things are happening, it's so very important that one, you embrace your power to pause, right? A pause gives you an opportunity to take the emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. So just like you said with the facts, sometimes you have to pause just to simply say, let me let the waves hit the beach, pause, breathe, and then mm-hmm. ask yourself a question. What are the facts? Yeah. <laughs> when I went through something similar, a lot of the times I just let my emotions take over and I probably remained silent Mm -hmm. because I was internalizing. But at that point, it's also an opportunity for you to acknowledge the feelings, but you don't have to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. I would. And one question I will add to that, that I like to, to push my clients to when they're pausing, what do I know to be true about myself in this moment. Not not what I think, because we'll start going, well, she said, and I know, what do you know? You know, like they say in church, know that you know that you know (laughs) to be true about you in this moment. And that also brings people back to centering themselves around, you know, really, who am I? And everything, taking everything that I know to be true about me and how now, how am I going to move forward? You know, one of the lessons that's taken me the longest to learn is sometimes you can't see outside of yourself. Absolutely. Especially after someone has just ripped you apart or bullied you. Or sometimes when things, you know, a setback could also be something that you're facing in your personal life. And three years ago, it hit me like, girl, you need help, (laughs) right? To see outside of yourself to make sure it isn't you, but sometimes it is you. And just the way you're thinking about things. Absolutely. And we have such a culture, especially in the corporate world, we have such a culture of you should know everything. So if you are at a certain level, you should just know how to lead. And leaders don't want to ask for help. They don't want to say, I don't know how to lead this person. You know, we think leadership is going to be a certain way and everybody on your team is just going to be great. But even there's a skill required for leading people who are amazing at their jobs. And there's a skill required for leading people who need your support as a leader. And oftentimes we have such a culture of nobody wants to raise their hand and say, I need help. I need that coach. No, look, for me, leadership 101 is you can't eat lead others until you learn how to lead yourself. (laughs) There's a whole lot of leaders out there in the world that are leading other people and You know, there's total lack of self-awareness on how Mm -hmm. to lead yourself. And so it truly does start with you. Yeah. Right. And I would argue too, that it's not an either or. I think a lot of reasons why we have bullies in the workplace is because they're trying to compartmentalize what's happening outside of work and it's showing up in their work and it's causing you to be a jerk at work. So, and I even posted like on LinkedIn, you see all these people who are like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I got to share my baby with you. I got to post it on LinkedIn. I know this is not appropriate. It's a social media platform. You having a beautiful new addition to your family is 100% valid to be shared on a social media platform. We don't come, you don't come to work and you're no longer a mother or a father. I'm not going to share, I'm not going to share my pictures of my baby with anybody at work. Like, it just doesn't happen. And so I think 
part of the work that I like helping leaders do is understanding how that home stuff, how it shows up in your work and vice versa. Right. Any other last words for someone who may be faced, particularly with the setback at work? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I I will say that I love to help my clients get to a place of is when you're faced with a setback similar to mine, right? Where it's interpersonal. Nine times out of 10 is really not about you. It's really not about you. It might all be directed at you, but it's usually never about you. So you can start to take some of that pressure off yourself that it's really not about you in most scenarios. The other thing is once you start to come through the other side of that, you have to pinpoint what is the lie that this situation has put on me? Because when you're coming through any type of adversity, setback, there's something that kind of gets imprinted in your spirit as a result of that. And usually it's some variation of I'm not good enough, whatever that is for you. Mine was I, I wasn't a good communicator, which was an absolute, absolute lie. I've taken every assessment under every category. And my, my top strength is always communication. Like I've been talking like this since I was three years old, y'all. I've been talking my whole life. But whatever yours is, I'm not this. I'm not blank enough. You have to pinpoint what that is for you and start to replace that lie for truth. And one of the ways that I like to tell people to do that is remember who you are. So if we go, I I like to give the example of the Black Panther. So if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you. But we all remember the scene, right, where he is just getting like beat up. Okay, and Baku is kicking his behind. And the queen mother yells out to him, remember who you are. And he starts to remember, wait a minute, I'm a king. I've been training for this day my whole life. I got some skill sets that other people in this arena don't have. And so I'm not saying that like metaphorically just remember who you are. No, get your brag book. I keep emails from clients that are like, oh, you really helped me. You're really great at this. I keep text messages from my friends who say, oh, thank you, you helped me with X, Y, Z so much. Keep those things so at times when you are down and getting your butt kicked and life is beating you down, you can go back to that and absolutely in a very tangible way, remember who you are. Mm. The last point I just want to leave is to find you some allies. Even in my work situation, there were allies who were speaking on my behalf when I didn't even know it. Build your squad, find your squad. A good, solid squad will help you do the other two. A good, solid squad is always gonna tell you that's a lie that you put in about yourself, that's a story. And they're gonna remind you of who you are. They're gonna tap you on the shoulder and say, no, 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 sis, remember such and such. That's how I know you can do this. So we already believe in you, we're just waiting on you to get there. I love it. my, My points. I absolutely love it. For me and listening to you, one of the things that I take away, and I remind myself of this often, while you cannot change the facts of your story, you can change the meaning that you're giving the facts of that story. You can certainly change that meaning. We really have to understand too, when it comes to confidence building, particularly after a setback, you know, building your confidence is sort of like going to the gym. It don't feel good. It doesn't. 
It don't. Listen, if I have to go to the gym, and listen, I'm telling on myself, y'all, I haven't been to the gym in a while, okay? In a vet years okay but that's a podcast for another day okay but the times i remember going when i would get on that treadmill or the elliptical I, i'm an elliptical girl when okay. i was about that life okay but <laughs> the first couple of weeks it did not feel good and so it's so very important that we also understand that confidence isn't really a feeling it's an act it's an action yes it's an 100%. action and sometimes that action doesn't feel too good. It doesn't mean you stop showing up. It doesn't mean you give up on yourself. One of the things that I love that Zanika talked about also is just finding allies. And sometimes those allies could be people you work with. Sometimes they could be, you know, colleagues or business colleagues if you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes uh, you may need a coach. Sometimes it could be a Facebook community. You can't level up alone. And another mindset shift that I would also offer you is sometimes a setback can be a setup to step into that next best version of yourself. Keep showing up and never, ever give up on yourself. It's okay to be a quitter as long as you don't quit on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ms. Zanika Chapman, I want to thank you today for spending this time with me and giving such awesome tips and advice. What do you have going on right now? How can we continue to support you as you show up and speak up in the world? Yeah, for sure. So find me on social media. I'm a social media junkie. We talked about LinkedIn. You can find me over there at Zanika Chapman. You can find me on Facebook um, and Instagram at Z underscore Chatman. So Chatty Chatman, um, if that helps. And I actually produce a weekly video series, very short, two-minute two videos for, called Monday Morning Soundbites, where I offer tips, Monday morning inspiration, just like this in very short spurts. So I'd love to have you guys join me for those and come kick it with me on social media. So listen, y'all know I got y'all, okay? I'm gonna drop those links in the comments so y'all can continue to support her and support the Candid Conversations podcast community as well. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, and if this episode touched your heart in any way, please make sure that you share it with your people and your people will share it with their people and Candia will be getting her message out to the world, okay? Talk to y'all soon.